and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. Welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 34. I was going to wait to do an episode with Pat about the Oscars, but I saw something today and I felt it needed an episode, even if it's short. So the Warped Tour account on Twitter was under fire this morning because of an unprofessional and irresponsible tweet that led to a thread of unapologetic ridiculousness. The original source of this was in reply to a tweet that said, at Van's Warped Tour, final tour should be a throwback tour of Blink-182, All-American Rejects, Paramore, Yellow Card, I know they came back a few years ago, but they killed it, and maybe My Chemical Romance and Say Anything, give us original millennials something. Then Warped replied, at Blink-182, we have the same agent and yet nothing, with the shrugging emoji. At the All-American Rejects, we tried, a band, ne- a band member didn't want to do it. At Paramore, word on the street is they're doing their own tour. At Yellow Card is no longer a band. At MCR Official, not reuniting. And say anything, we'll look into it. And then began, <laughs> began a string of replies that rightfully reacted to the unprofessionalism displayed by basically outing bands for no reason and Warped responded super poorly. Someone said, this is the most unprofessional thing I have ever seen on this website, which got this great response. How? We'd had to watch for years of fans saying we suck. We can't book a lineup. We're idiots. We stayed silent, let people trash us, but squashing rumors about bands not playing the tour is unprofessional. Then a mutual friend of mine actually said, "Uh, Paramore haven't announced another tour, though, so why are you basically letting everyone know before the band? Also, why put all the bands on the spot like this? Really pulling a dick move, lol. And the response to that was, it might just be the shows everyone knew had, had they had rescheduled. We don't know the full story. Shrugging emoji. We were just told it conflicts with other plans. This feeds into the rumor of Paramore doing a summer tour. So uh, thanks for that, Warp Tour. Another good one was someone saying, should have just said that you asked and the bands couldn't do it. Kind of rude to put bands on the spot like this. Nonetheless, hopefully this lineup will be amazing because previous years have been, well, lackluster. So then this grand reply happened by Warped. You realize we do just that every year and all the fans tell us we suck. Can't win no matter what we do. Like seriously, who? how old is the person that runs this account? Because clearly they're like a nine-year-old. And then this is my favorite. Someone tagged Kevin Lyman and said, uh, whoever runs the account should be fired. And Warped replied, plot twist, what if it was Kevin himself? And the funny part is, I think everybody would love that. And let's get into why everybody would love that. Now, I have taken aim at Kevin Lyman more times than I can count, and with a decent reason. My friend Paige of Paige Backstage and I were talking about all the horrible incidents Warped has neglected or bred, and I know I have talked about a few, but she sent me a link to one that I didn't really know much about. The person in question is YouTuber and singer Austin Jones. Now, this all took place in 2015, and I can't believe that I missed it. I know I heard a little bit about it, but I didn't hear the person up until now, and I didn't really research more into it, but reading on about the research that I did, I now have heard about the incident, obviously, but now I can put a name and a face to the horrible allegations. There's a bunch of articles about it, but I picked the one from Alternative Press to read from. 
The background of the story from AP says, Most recently, Austin Jones, a musician and official Warped Tour YouTuber, has been accused of something that can only be described as odd. YouTuber Austin Jones has been accused of lying about his age to get underage girls to send him twerking videos because they make him happy. Reads a story on music blog popfresh.com. In the video below, one girl accuses Jones of similar behavior when she was 15 and he was allegedly, allegedly 22 or 23. The video they linked was a nine-minute video of Taylor Tangue, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong, talking about her story with Austin Jones. Here's some of the, her video talking about the fact he knew she was underage, the twerking situation, and her getting backlash. What? So then we started talking more, and he immediately asked how old I was. This was October of 2013. I had just turned 15, like a couple weeks prior. And he knew that and he was like, okay, cool. And then he started getting weird. Let Okay, let me pause right here. I know that this was my fault. I could have prevented all this. I should have. I knew what was happening. I let it happen. I get it, I get it. He, he's 23, I think he was 22 or 23 at this point. It's not like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Back to my thing. So he knew I was 15, and then he asked me if he could ask me a weird question, to which I said, sure. Stupid 15-year-old flirting nonsense. And he said, do you have a nice butt? I did not have the heart to tell him no. I am one of the very unlucky and few bigger girls that get fat everywhere but their butts. I manage to be plus size and maintain the square pancake on my backside. It's awful. So I said I had been told that I had, which wasn't a lie. It was true. So then he asked if I could twerk. You heard me say that word. Twerk. Twerk. <laughs> to which I said no. I'm white, I have little to no rhythm, and I don't have a butt, so wh what, how, I will remind you, he knew I was 15, putting that out there. Then he was like, I could teach you, oh, uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly what I said, I don't think it was anything like, Please do. And then he said, well, what if I sent you videos teaching you and you could send me your attempts back? So I gave him my email address. I want to see this. Hell yeah, I want to see this. So then he emails me a video. I still have it. Hey babe, um, so this is like the first basic twerk move. So this is what you do. You stand with your legs apart, you bend your legs, and then you arch your back and you unarch it. You do it faster so it's like popping you. So it's like. And that's it. <laughs> this is how we come to reason number two why Austin Jones is trash. His excuse was that he was on antidepressants. And therefore, that excuses his actions. Sir. I mean, I've been on antidepressants too for a while. 
You can't just drop that card whenever you feel like it and get out of anything. I was thinking, yeah, maybe he's changed. It's been a year. I've changed a lot in the past year. Okay, valid. He's done being dumb. Then he pulls this crap. And then we find out my suspicions were true. He was doing this to other underage girls. It was not just me. Shocking. And then he threatened to sue this kid who was, like, slandering him. Let's just imagine taking this to court. Uh, yeah, I was trying to solicit inappropriate images from this 15-year-old girl, and now she's telling people about it. I, I want to sue her for that. No! No, you can't. On, in all his freaking vines, or maybe it's just, I don't know. I remember him clearly saying, learn your bands, bitch. Learn your laws, bitch. Do you even understand what you're doing? No, no, you clearly don't. So this whole antidepressant excuse, he was still doing it with other girls and threatening to sue in order for this kid to keep his mouth shut so he didn't lose whatever he's got going for him. Honestly, I don't even think he's doing anything. No, you don't feel bad about what you did. You don't see that what you're doing is wrong. Honestly, was it a big deal? No, but honestly, if you think about it, if I had sent those videos, where would it have gone from there? Do you think like if I was more open, he would have just let it go? No. So long story short, beware of crappy musicians on the internet. So that was her story. She mentions at the end the Gerard Way quote, which was this. What about the chicks and the drugs? No, we're not, we're not into chicks and drugs. We, some of us may have been into a little bit of drugs beforehand. You know, there's this thing and that's rock and roll and we're just so anti-rock and roll. Given some European interviews, we're like, so you guys get lots of groupies, and we're like, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no show us your tits. No, sign it, sign it. Sign it. Great tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, something had happened on Taste of Chaos where there was like a local band, and they, they were going. I think their record label pushed them to to go around with a video camera and get girls to show their tits for backstage passes. And not only that, that the video was gonna also be seen by Mike Helga Romance. Let me hear you I sh shit. I lost my fucking cool. Um, and decided that that's what I was gonna say on stage that night. If you ever see shitty ass rock dudes in shitty ass rock bands asking you to show them your tits, for a backstage pass, I want you to spit right in their fucking face and yell, fuck you! Women being objectified and, and, and just so many bad things that are just inherent and ingrained in it that don't have to be that way. I feel kind of gross sharing that now 
since discovering a video of Gerard Way either actually doing so or pretending to masturbate on stage at a show. You know, the shows where a bunch of underage girls would go to. And yeah, he's spoken, don't flash your boobs at them and all this stuff, and they don't like that. But finding that video, no other information or apology, just... I, I don't love that video of that speech as much as I did prior to finding that YouTube video. I only hope it wasn't an, it wasn't an all ages show and you had to be 18 or older to go, which I kind of doubt because everybody underage loved My Chemical Romance at the time. I don't think that they had a lot of fans that were 18 and older. I mean, that's just a, you know, general opinion, but all most of their fans were underage, at least people that I knew were underage. But I'm going to continue to research that and maybe he apologized for it and I just couldn't see it right off the bat or maybe I was taking the video out of context. But either way, it was just really gross and I'm just glad that he didn't expose himself or anything like that. But he basically went in his pants and asked people if they knew what an orgasm sounded like and it was just a really horrific video to watch. So him saying, you know, spitting the guy's faces that tell you that flash your tits for a backstage pass, it just doesn't have as much power to it when he's pretending to or actually jerking himself off on stage with a bunch of underage girls watching so anyway before we continue on with our topic today I'm going to play you guys a song by a girl who emailed me a submission that I believe fits this topic her name is Olivia Hudson she's from Chicago and she put out a new EP last year called Intersections the song is called Blooming Bloomington, Illinois, and I'm not sure if the lyrics in it are poking fun at the pop punk common theme of I hate this town or if she's talking about a real person who genuinely does hate their town because that is a real thing. I wanted to use it because we are talking about Warp Tour and the breeding ground of predators in pop punk. The song, unlike this topic, is sweet and simple. It's got that ukulele that I have a soft spot for, and she's just overall super talented. So here is Bloomington, Illinois. I 
Again, that was the song Bloomington, Illinois by Olivia Hudson off her 2017 EP Intersections, available on her Bandcamp. Now back to the story of Austin Jones. AP finished their article with Kevin Lyman's response. Since people were upset that Jones was not immediately taken off of Warp's lineup, AP wrote, Festival goers have never had a problem sharing their emotions and grievances with Warp Tour founder Kevin Lyman on Twitter. And this case is no exception. After being bombarded with tweets about Jones, Lyman said that he was removing all YouTubers from the tour. He has since retracted that statement and is going about things more rationally. Meanwhile, a Change.org petition to remove Jones from Warp Tour has amassed over 4,000 signatures. This is the second major petition Warp Tour has faced in 2015. Earlier this year, one to remove Front Porch Step from the tour collected over 13,000 signatures. Lyman is investigating all of the YouTubers' backgrounds and alleged transgressions before making a decision regarding their participation on this year's tour. The world, the word pedophile is a strong, strong term, Lyman tells Alternative Press. While the world can be screwed up at times, there is a criteria for things. In the court of the internet, people's lives are being dragged out in front of the world with no due process. People throw very strong words out onto the internet, and when it is old news to them, it leaves a trail of destruction in other people's lives. This country was built on the <laughs> concept of innocent until proven guilty. Are we going back to this Salem witch hunt mentality? Communication needs to happen. I am actively encouraging that if women and girls feel they are being victimized, tell your parents, go to the police, talk to counselors. Wow. When asked if he felt the stance would jeopardize attendance at this year's tour, Lyman responds, if you're not going to warp tour because of some perceived mob mentality and justice, you should maybe volunteer at a nonprofit that day. Holy shit, this guy is so fucking clueless. Jones made a usual predator that got caught apology that I refuse to read because it's all the same bullshit we heard from Front Porch Step, Jesse Lacey, and Predators alike. But my favorite quote from early, an earlier statement from Jones was, I'd have conversations online with girls that would involve me asking them to create a video of themselves twerking. Sometimes I'd make videos of myself doing some twerk moves in return. Here's the truth. I never asked them to do anything more than send a twerking video. Nothing ever went beyond that. And I'm sorry, but asking a 15-year-old when you are 22 and 23 to twerk on video for you is disgusting. Why would you want a video other than to pleasure yourself to? Now, even if he didn't do that, you still asked a 15-year-old to shake her ass for you. How do you not see that that's wrong? How fucking delusional and stupid are you? I am super glad that that's all he had them do. Even you asking is disgusting. You are still wrong, no matter what. End of discussion. In 2017, there was an article by digitalmusicnews.com that said more of Jones's crimes. They wrote, YouTube, along with the majority of his fans, mostly young teenage girls, clearly missed the warning signs. As the singer grew in popularity, he continuously approached young teenage fans for sexual pictures. Austin Jones admitted yesterday in a Chicago federal court to soliciting nude pictures and videos of sexual acts from two 14-year-old female fans. He currently faces up to 15 years in prison if convicted. Several more underage girls have since come forward with pictures taken from over two years ago. Now, brings us to the summer of last year. Rolling Stone covered the story with updates on more of the crimes committed and his sentencing. They wrote, court documents state that Jones was allegedly in communication with two underage female victims via Facebook in August 2016 and May 2017. And in both interactions, he had asked the 14 and 15-year-old victims to quote-unquote prove to him that they were his biggest fans by sending him sexually explicit videos. In the criminal complaint, one girl admitted that she made 15 videos 
videos for Jones as recently as May 4th in what she called an audition. She alleged that the YouTube star pressured her to work really hard, even though she told him that she might pass out and was tired from what he was asking her to do. At one point during the Facebook interactions, the victim allegedly acknowledged that Jones was 24 and he requested that she was repeatedly acknowledged that she was only 14. I remember that um, when that happened. I just didn't know it was this guy. Then I got my confirmation that he was, in fact, using the videos for his own pleasure. The article goes on to say Jones's victim, uh, Jones's other alleged victim, whom he chatted with in August 2016, alleged that the singer told her she would get to perform a, a, secta, a sex act sorry, on him if she were lucky in the chat. Jones allegedly acknowledged that he was 23 at the time and the victim was 14. Federal authorities said that the girl sent Jones a total of 25 videos, including eight that were sexually explicit. According to the complaint, once arrested Monday, Jones admitted to receiving videos from the victims and he admitted it was for sexual pleasure. He is in custody for child pornography and we are awaiting more info from that. I hope that this guy gets locked up for a very long time because this seems like there is a string of allegations made by underage girls. And I think that it's absolutely disgusting and that we need to do something about it because there is no way in hell that this guy should walk free or be able to make music or YouTube videos ever again. It's absolutely absurd. All of this and Warped Tour didn't pull him off immediately, mind you, much like they didn't do for Front Porch Step and actually allowed him to perform a show on the tour despite backlash, which I did an episode on if you guys go further back into the history. I think it was episode three. I also talked about this, but I just found the actual video I've been looking for since I wanted to play it actually for you guys instead of reading the traps, the transcript, which was absolutely lovely. I think that was also in episode three or four. You guys can scroll through on the website. I can't think of off the top of my head, but I read the transcript of this video that I couldn't find. But this is the video of when the Dickies yelled at somebody in the crowd. From someone who says it shows, are you with the pussies or the punks? I think it's safe to say that Dickie's front man is nothing short of a sexist piece of shit. And they did apologize, but it is not worth reading because, again, it was just one of those apologies that they made just to seem more relevant, even though that they're an aging punk band that nobody gives a fuck about. LA Weekly put out an article in 2017 talking about both sides to this. The writer, Lena Lucaro wrote, On one side, you have the old school punk crowd, men and some women, who argue that the purpose of punk rock is to upset the status quo, to cross the line, to fuck shit up, and take no prisoners doing so. They say punk is about anything but being safe, and to police it is so dis uh, digestible to all the strip of it is its very essence. One should go to a punk rock show prepared for anything, even and maybe especially to hear offensive content. On the other side, you have feminists and younger music fans who feel that punk music and shows have been long 
breeding grounds for misogyny and hate against people of color, the LGBTQ community, and other marginalized groups. They argue that many people, particularly the young girls who want to attend events such as Warp Tour, do not need to feel safe doing so when the bands like Dickies continue to say and do things on stage that objectify or verbally abuse women. No matter what, though, this is disgusting and no excuse for it. It is a verbal assault and nobody should stand for it. Case closed. An article from Billboard from November of 2017 is something I want to close the episode with. Billboard interviewed Lyman about the end of Warped War. Chris Payne asked Kevin Lyman, I get a sense working in music that artists sometimes turn down potential fans in favor of chasing some aesthetic or cooler fan base. Lyman said, yeah, we do so much data and so much research on our fans, so I kind of know what these people want to see. And when the band says, oh, we're not really into that, I'm like, wouldn't you want to go where the people who really want to hear you are? It just makes sense to me. I watched the people who did it right. I watched Gwen Stefani. I always have that saying, you got to be ready to give up the punk when you go pop. And when you're ready, you have to have your fan base so solidified that they'll follow you. Understand you're maturing as an artist. Haley Williams has done that well, but I watch artists now, all of a sudden they start grasping onto a scene of music, and when they decide they're going to go for another scene of music, uh, oh, we're going to be indie now. Well, that indie world is a weird world to na- navigate. You haven't been solidified the... F- you haven't even solidified the fans who really back you and now you're going to jump to another seat of music. You see that story happen quite a bit. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because Lyman didn't say Paramore. He said Haley Williams as if she had a fan base on her own and it wasn't in a band. This also is a response to the question about artists and not bands. Even though Gwen is a solo artist, she also has a fan base with her band that she started in before her solo career, and that band is called No Doubt, which was also left out, and this really bothered me, and I wanted to mention it, because although Gwen Stefani is a solo artist now, she still plays in No Doubt on occasion, and she started in No Doubt, and without No Doubt, she wouldn't be known as Gwen Stefani to this day, and Haley has always said that she doesn't want to be a solo artist. She said it two days ago when someone asked if there's a possibility of a pop solo record, and she said, nope. I mean, the Paramore is a band thing has been around since Paramore has been a band, and it has recently come up quite a bit where people are questioning whether or not they are a band or if it's the Haley Williams show and all of this nonsense because of a stupid review and I'm going on a rant about it but it just really bothered me because as much as she tries to shy away from the Haley Williams show people keep sucking her back in and I think it's really fucked up that someone like Kevin Lyman who has been friends with Haley would say something like that even if it's so minor and people don't really care about it it's just the principle of Haley is not a solo artist why is she being thrown into a response of a question that says artists alike and not bands alike and why wasn't her band being mentioned when she makes a point when she does anything unrelated to Paramore she's Haley Williams of Paramore or from Paramore so I just thought that that was a little annoying and I wanted to bring that up especially in the last couple of weeks where this has been a debate on Twitter about the whole Paramore is a band thing versus the Haley Williams show based on that article that you know everybody talked about for a couple of weeks and Haley even responded to, I don't know if she was responding to that article uh, especially or if she was just saying in general because she's sick of hearing the Haley Williams show comment. But it's just, I wanted to point that out because that really bothered me, especially because it's coming from Kevin Lyman, who has always loved and respected Paramore. And I just hated that. Now, lastly, this is the quote that disturbs me to my very core. Payne asked him, what was it like dealing with issues of sexual harassment on the tour in recent years? And then Lyman says this. 
Well, that sexual harassment didn't happen on Warp Tour. If you go through every one of those stories, it didn't happen on Warp Tour. The Johnny Craig thing did happen on Warp Tour, and I addressed it the same way. We sent him away, and then all of a sudden, I've got to have town hall meetings with it. But if you really go through all that stuff, things happen prior to the tour or things, it's part of the culture. Warp Tour, the thing is, it's funny because the way we used to deal with any problem was if we found out an artist was disrespecting a woman, you were usually brought back behind a tour bus by some people on the tour and given a few options in life. Your life was not being threatened, but you were educated out there. There's artists that come to me and go, you know what? I was young. I didn't know I was offending the woman. I didn't know that until one of the bands that I respected growing up pulled me aside and told me that this is unacceptable. The front porch step thing, to be honest, he wasn't on the tour, but then we brought him out to that one show. I was still going under the premise of asking professionals, thinking it was the right thing to do. I still look to professionals because I'm not a trained therapist or psychologist. So the way we addressed it was I supplemented the organization a voice for the innocent to come out and be a part of my tour. They've grown into a large organization that's helping all these kids year round now. Sexual harassment is not supposed to be a part of our culture. Are you fucking kidding? How can anyone read that and not have an issue with it? And also saying sexual harassment didn't happen on Warp Tour. Yet I have a quote from the Dickies set that I just played. That was from Warp Tour. That was a set at Warp Tour. Also, the mixtapes Fuck You to Tiger's Jaw after Brianna made a statement about her being kissed on stage at a separate show. Guess what, Kevin? That was on your tour. That band saying Fuck Tiger's Jaw, Kiss Whoever You Want was on your stage on your tour. Front Porch Step was allowed to play a show on your tour after you already knew the accusations. Your tour is a breeding ground for sexual assault. Have you been living under a rock or do you love wearing rose-colored glasses? You let Falling in Reverse play four shows in 2017 on your tour after all the accusations about Roddy Radke. You let sexual pre- you let a sexual predator who said, I'm so over these pussy-ass people. Warp Tour used to be a place where whatever you said, it was accepted. Now you have to be careful what you say because some feminazi Jesus freak white girl who's pro-black with a, with a start <laughs> will start a blog and rant about it in her room on YouTube. Fuck this generation and fuck you if you all do this shit. Bring back punk rock. Bring back freedom of speech. Fuck everyone. In response to the Dickies rant on your tour, fuck you. I'm ending this episode before I get filled with more white hot rage about this. Warp Tour breeds and accepts predators and Kevin Lyman is delusional and I'm so fucking glad that it's ending. There are better and less problematic ways for bands to get noticed and I fucking hope they do. And now, the last song for today is by a band called Field Mouse. They're from New York, which is a band I saw a few years ago that opened for, I think, Balance and Composure. They are so cool and fam- and it's a familiar sound that has its own spin that I really like. The song is called Mirror from their 2016 record, Episodic. And before I leave you guys with that, remember you can find me on Twitter at RebelHeartsGirl, Facebook.com slash RebelHeartsPodcast, Instagram is Sam is Socks, and email me at RebelHeartsPodcast at gmail.com. Remember, I have a website now that you can subscribe for updates and news on new blog posts and episodes and sales on merch items. It's rebelheartspodcast.com. And there's a new Heartspine 101-page zine that pre-orders are now up for and I'm super excited about. Check out the website for details and a link to the store to pick one up. They're going to be really cool. I can't wait. And I will see you guys at the front. Here is Field Mouse. (laughs) 